if you will, just turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Big surprise to you, I'm sure. Um, Acts chapter 2. And, um, and I really want to talk about Pentecost today. And, um, and so we're just going to read it here. Father, we just thank you for Pentecost. We thank you for the outpouring of the Spirit. That Jesus, you promised that you would send the Spirit. And then you did. And so we thank you for that. And um, we thank you that it isn't just something written down and we can't see where it happened, but we read about it. But not only that, we experience you today. That we are filled with the Spirit. We feel your presence with us today. God, we are anointed. We've experienced your power. We've seen you work. Signs and wonders and miracles. And... Um, and, uh, and we thank you that you're moving in power in our lives today. And so, God, we pray that that flame, you would breathe on it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues, like flames of fire, were divided and appeared to them and rested on each one of them. I like when I, do you ever, when you read the scripture, I like to just get in touch with what it actually was like to be there. I like to read the words. You know, this year what we're saying is, appeared to them. Okay, we have inner visions of the mind. God shows us things on the screen of our imagination. Those are valid, valid, prophetic, a valid way where God speaks to us. He speaks to us in dreams. But this is not that. This literally is that they appeared to them. They saw flames that divided and rested on their head. Think about this. This happened. Flames were on their head. They were like candles. Human candles. And they were like, these flames were on them and the Spirit came. The flames of fire were divided, appeared to them and rested on each one. Each one of them that were there had this. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. Yeah. And then on and on, it talks about how they people heard them speaking in their own languages. Then Peter stands up with the eleven and raises his voice and proclaims to them, men of Judah, all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. Verse 15, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. I'm sure you've heard this before, but I think it's interesting that that's what sometimes because you weren't there, you've got to pay attention to the words of the scripture and think these are rational human beings who choose their words for a reason. So if Peter goes, they're not drunk like you think, guys. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Germany. I've I've met foreigners in California, heard them speaking other languages. Never once have I thought, what are you drunk? You're speaking another language. What, even drinking too much, right? So we know that that's not what it was. They actually must have looked drunk. 
They were staggering. They were you drunk. Jody knows. Jody could come preach about it. She's a. I know you have. You have. We almost went down in Trinidadly once. Her and I. And um, I hugged Jody, and I'm like, oh, we almost both went down. She said, I'm always loaded. You're my hero. You are. You guys are my heroes. You are. And um, and so for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Now, I think it's interesting that under the inspiration of the spirit, this apostle, Peter, who had been a disciple of Christ, who is now an apostle, he's been named an apostle, a sent one, a messenger of Christ. And 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 so inspired by the spirit, he stands up and it's amazing how you've got this Old Testament prophet and 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 I. I can imagine that nobody who ever read the book of the prophet Joel ever thought that this expression would be what it would look like. And so you, it took this apostle, this under the influence of the Holy Spirit with, with understanding from God to stand up and say, don't be afraid, guys, listen, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And you could imagine, can you imagine, like, have you ever, has God ever said something? I know he has. God said something to you. I'm going to do this in your life. And then, and then you carry that promise for quite some time and you wonder when it's going to happen. And sometimes you wonder if it's going to happen. And, and, then, and then pretty soon it does happen. And then you go, wait, whoa, wait, this is that, what you said but it doesn't look like I imagined it. How many have had that? I have. I have. And I've gotten to the point now where at least I still don't know what it's going to look like. But at least I know enough to know that I don't know what it's going to look like. And that helps me not have a grid in my mind to, for, to that, that like can oppose what God actually wants to do. A preconceived notion or idea. And... Um, and so Peter stands up and he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And if you actually read in the book of Joel, it paints a picture that doesn't seem like this would be that. But it is that. We know it is because Peter stood up and he told us. And here it is in the word of God. Now, Pentecost, I should back up a little bit. Pentecost is, it means, um, it's 50. It means 50. And the reason it's 50 is because Pentecost, growing up in church, I always thought Pentecost, thank God I grew up in church that that talked about Pentecost, but I always thought that Pentecost was like the new name for for this outpouring of the Spirit. And then we had to make up a name for it, so that's Pentecost. But I realized later that Pentecost, meaning 50, was already a Hebrew holiday. And 50, or was also called the Festival of Weeks, or Shabbat, and, 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 it, and it was 50, it was 49 days, 7 weeks, the Festival of Weeks, because it was 7 weeks from the Passover plus 1 day, which means 50, or from the second day of Passover, as they, as they say, the second day. Anyway, so, so 50 days, 
And here's a little more history about Pentecost. It's really powerful. It's really powerful. This is such a revelation of the new covenant. You know, the Bible says that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized in Jesus Christ. Right? How many know it says that the letter brings death, but the spirit brings life? So something else happened this, on what Shabbat or Pentecost was, was that it was actually the celebration of the day, 50 days from Passover, where Moses received the law from God on Mount Sinai. I always love a nod from Brian because it's always my, my like, <laughs> one of the scholars in the congregation. He's like, that's right. Anyway, I know he's well studied and he loves his stuff. And, um, and so, uh, man, that word you shared with me about the way, the truth, and the life, that rocked my world. Anyway, so, um, well, real simply, correct me if I get this wrong, but with the tabernacle of Moses, there were three entrances, the outer courts, the holy place, and the holy of holies. And there was an entrance to each one. And Brian shared with me that in his studies, he found out that those three, each entrance had its own name. Get ready. The first one was the way. The second was the truth. And the third was the life into the Holy of Holies, into that holy place. Isn't that amazing? So when Jesus was saying, I, wow, I don't know about, I, I could just fall on the floor right now and just think about this. Like, when, so when Jesus said to Hebrew people, to Jews, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Oh my heavens, that, you either believed him or it was blasphemy. Like, like, I am the way into the holy of holies. I am... Oh, oh. Alright, thanks, Brian. Thank you. Please continue to rock my world with these revelations. And, um, and so, um, Shabbat was called the Festival of Weeks. I'm going to get back on track here. So, it was the day that... Moses received the it was they call, we call it the law of Moses the Torah the first five books of the Bible and and so the law and so they and so all these years all these generations the Hebrew people are celebrating it and then Jesus says wait until you receive the promise of the Father you know the story right and he's been telling them all about the Holy Spirit and um and, you know, in Luke, I'm going to just reference some verses here. Jesus, Jesus is setting us up to receive this promise. In Luke 12:49, he says, I've come to cast fire upon the earth. How I wish it were already started or kindled. Remember, um, as for me, John said, I baptized with the water of repentance. But he was coming after me as mightier than I because um, he was before me this and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 3.11. Jesus said in John 14.16 that he will ask the Father and he will send the Helper, the Spirit of Truth. He, is, he abides with you but will be in you. These are the promises that Jesus repeated over and over as he walked with his disciples. And it really, when you start listening to the way Jesus was setting up his disciples, you can clearly see that this, for Jesus, was the thing. And you could say, well, well, the most important thing was that he went to the cross. Yes, 
Without the cross, we couldn't have any of this. Without the payment for sin, without satisfying the justice of God with a righteous sacrifice, we couldn't have the Holy Spirit living in us. But because he did, this is what we get. So, Jesus says, wait. So, they're, they're in this upper room. Like 120 of them. It must have been a big room. And, um, and I don't really know how many people were there because people often say they didn't count women and children, which we always count all the women and children, you guys. And, um, okay. So, uh, And so, but then, so they're waiting for days. But the day that the Spirit of God actually is poured out happens to be the day of Pentecost. As to say so clearly to us in this day that this is a superior covenant. That the law which you could never keep, the, really the only thing that that we did with the law that is make more rules. Like it was like we just expanded. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what that's what the Pharisees really did. They're like, we got the law of Moses. We, we can't even keep what we got. We better just make a ton more rules that we can't keep, you know, and he just made it so complicated. And and so but on this day, the day when Moses received the law, that is the day that the promise of the Holy Spirit was poured out and fulfilled. And and what he was saying by his actions is that this is the new way. You know, in other words, what you couldn't do under the law, Jesus has fulfilled and the Spirit empowers you to do. I call it there's, there's a phrase that, that's come to me, and I call it the original flame. And it's amazing to think that since this day that we're celebrating today, the original flame of Pentecost, the fire fell, the yearning of Jesus when he said, I wish it were already kindled, on that day it was. And when you realize that his apostles did exactly what he sent them out to do, they went into all the world, and began to preach the gospel. And, re- and, and so many were, were born again, baptized in water, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And there it spread and spread and spread. And so the fire that we have today of the Spirit just spreads. But we don't ever have to wait for it to fall from heaven again. Because when it fell from heaven, he stayed. Amen? Does that mean... Does that encourage anybody? And I think sometimes what we can do in our thinking is that, do you, know, do you know, bad theology, bad beliefs will lock you out of what God has already provided for you. And so when you get into a striving mentality and you start thinking, God, where are you? Would you send the fire? Would and he does pour out his spirit in unprecedented ways. But however, do you know what helps me when we're talking about being aware of what God is doing in our life and around us on this day of Pentecost? When I simply remember, wait a minute, I'm not asking for the fire to fall from heaven. The fire is in me. That is a game changer. 
Do you know, for years I would live and I would have dry seasons and I realized that you never have to have one. That when you believe truth, it alters your experience. Right? Whatever you believe is true to you. But when you believe the truth, you're free. And a lot of people in the world would say, well, truth's relative. It's whatever you believe is true for you. You know, Christians, we know the difference. But, but, but I would say, even as a believer, what you believe in your heart is your experience from day to day, even if what you believe is a lie. If you believe God doesn't heal today, you probably never see anybody healed. Frankly, you don't pray for anyone to be healed because you don't believe God heals. Therefore, you don't see God heal anybody. But once you simply believe, wait a minute, the Spirit's been poured out. He is inside of me. Now something happens in me. Now I'm in Mama Lama's or something. And I'm like, I think I have a good word for this guy. You know? I was out for a run in the sunshine yesterday. I ran by a guy. And I'm like, hey, greeted him. And the Lord just prompted me. Tell him I love him. Hey, Jesus loves you, man, as I run by. He's like, thank you. You know what? You might think, well, so, you know what? That's just a Jesus loves you. I'm like, huh, no way. I felt the Holy Spirit when I told him that. Like, that guy, I believe that was a living seed that's working right now. Like, I think that guy experienced the love of God when I told him. And, and, um, and so that is unfolding in our lives. And so what I thought we would simply do today in closing, would you stand with me? You see, here's the point. 1 Corinthians 15:45. It says that the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last man, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. You see, as a new creation, I'm not just alive. I have a life-giving spirit inside of me. Amen is a great word. That means that this spirit that's inside of you and me, this God, everything you do now is empowered by him. So words are more than words from now on. Gestures are more than gestures from now on. If I give somebody a cup of water, it's more than a cup of water. It is an anointed act. It is a light. I am salt and I am light wherever I go. And when I live with this revelation, you and me, when we live with this reality in our life, we realize, wait, I'm not just a living soul. I have a life-giving spirit inside of me. It's rushing out of me. It's touching people. And God really wants, I believe, God wants to stir us up.